everyone. Welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully it will leave you saying, that was so good. Hey everyone, welcome to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. And really this is all about every girl for every generation and having relevant conversations about living intentionally, leading confidently and loving generously. And this season, we're talking all about relationships. And today we're coming to you live from our Christ Fellowship Conference. And we wish that all of you could be here with us, but since you're not here, we're gonna bring a little bit of conference to you today. So one of the things I love um, about conference, it's like a family reunion. And today I'm so excited to have Charlotte Gamble. She is really just part of our family. She's been in ministry for 20 years. She launched the Dare to be movement that is a global movement that actually invests in the in the lives of women here in America and all over the world and she is just investing in leaders in these in these recent days um, investing in leaders especially I feel like Charlotte God's just really positioned you to be a voice of leadership into the next generation mm. but one thing I love to do whenever family comes to town is just to catch up so why don't you catch us up a little bit of what's going on in your world. Well, first of all, I love that I get to be with you. And second of all, this is crazy. Like we're like sat here surrounded by people <laughs> and they're getting their lattes and having a donut and picking up some merch. And yeah. it's all good. I'm like, I'm trying to focus, but I'm a little distracted. I, I am too, but it's all good. <laughs> it's all, it's good. all good. <laughs> it's all good. I I have been, I've had a busy season. Yeah. I have, I feel like when is there not a busy season? And I know there's people that are a lot busier than me, but for me, there's been a lot of change in this season. And so I really have stepped into helping leaders a lot more in the recent months. Started something called The Collective, which is a mentorship program. And um, I'm just having the best time uh, exploring new territory, which Mm -hmm. is not new because I've been leading for so long. Mm -hmm. But I never thought I'd be a mentor because I thought of people like Yoda from Star Wars, (laughs) green with big ears. I was like, that is not me. But here I am. And so I'm loving this season. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about The Collective Mm -hmm. and if somebody's interested in finding out more about that, how would they do that? Yeah, it's on my website, so they could go to charlottegamble.com. But really, honestly, um, I've been asked for so many times, could I, you know, help someone, help in leadership? And then one day I just thought, I felt God say, you need to say yes. And the reason you need to say yes is because you were a woman in leadership with no other woman to turn to. And, you know, when the guys hang out and mentor each other, they go to the golf course, they go out for dinner. And it's hard when you're a woman to feel like you can fit in that club because obviously it would be awkward to just go out with the guy and be mentored. (laughs) So I was like, they have to have a place to go. So I started something and people can sign up. It's five months and I give them about 30 people in one group and we just hang out once a month for five months on a Zoom and we talk for two hours each time. It's all brand new content. And the coolest thing is that people enter it not knowing the other people that are in their group. And by the time that they're done, they've all made their own community of friendship, other women in leadership. And so it's just become this thing that's just grown way quicker than I thought, but has been such a beautiful thing to watch. I love that. And what a need in the body of Christ, just connect amazing women leaders across. And I have to say, 
whilst I'm on here because it's worth the shout out that one of the first people to believe in me taking this step was my friend right here, <laughs> Julie and Todd. They were the first ones who were like, girl, you got to do this. Yes. And they encouraged me and pushed me out the boat. They gave me the final nudge. So you're responsible for this hot mess I'm in. Hey, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I, I love that. I, I knew that when we were investing yeah. in just so much potential, not just in a ministry, mm. but in the fact that your desire is, is to not just have the platform, right. but to be able to build the platform for right. other people in whatever area of leadership. That's right. not, it's not a speaking platform. It's just a, the platform of leadership. Right. And I, I love that so much. And I'm loving watching what's happening. Mm. We'll make sure that we get all the information on the show notes awesome. for anybody that wants to be a part of that. So, hey, well, last night mm-hmm. we had an amazing night at conference. I mean, I don't even, I'm still not over it. And like I said, I wish everyone could be there, but I just really want to just kind of jump in because Mm -hmm. God just used you in such a powerful Mm -hmm. way to speak over so many leaders, Mm -hmm. so many church leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that there's a lot of people listening, whether they're leading in their family or leading in the church um, or leading in the workplace. You, You talked a lot about that there's times in our lives that we get blindsided. Right. And it could be in relationship, it could be leadership, but can you unpack that just a little bit about what it means to be blindsided? Sure. I I mean, for all of us, we've been through those things. I mean, there's circumstances that changes and the circumstances we have to navigate, but every now and again, something happens that it just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's a betrayal we didn't see coming or something that happens in our marriage or with one of our children or in our business. And and it and it literally it comes and it like yeah. it knocks something out of you. You just feel completely disorientated by it. And I think the point I was making to the leaders is that oftentimes we get blindsided by something, but then that has a knock-on effect and causes us to be blindsided, which mm-hmm. seems like it doesn't make sense to say blind and sight in the yeah. same sentence. But the truth is you are seeing, but you're not seeing correctly because what happened to you has had an impact on you that's distorted your vision. And if you can't see straight, you can't build straight. And so the enemy goes for leaders because he knows if he can get your vision to be off, then the vehicle that you're driving in your leadership will be going in a way that's causing that vehicle to be compromised because you can't see the road straight, you're not talking straight, you think you are because everything looks the same. And I did some study about what causes us to lose our vision or have a distortion in our vision and just found this incredible fact that actually you can get something called a retinal tear in your actual physical eye and if you don't attend to it the tears kind of collect behind where the tear is and it can cause you to go blind and I think for a lot of leaders we do a lot of hidden tears Mm -hmm. and if we don't deal with them they cause us to lose our sight and so really I felt God asked me to minister to the leaders last night to help them get their sight back to help them have eye surgery and get their vision back and God did what only he could do oh absolutely Mm -hmm. and you know that that's such a good word Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of us especially in the last two years mm-hmm. we've I think everyone could say that mm-hmm. there's been something along the way that just felt like it came out of nowhere mm-hmm. knocked us down hard to get up mm-hmm. and I think a lot of us have struggled with getting our our vision right. back because we've just had we've been injured our, our eyes right. have been not our physical sight but our spiritual vision has been injured right. because of the the injuries that we have incurred over the last couple of years and I'd love to hear from you a little bit about the passage of scripture that you unpacked because even though we can be injured, we're not left hopeless. You know, right, God right. doesn't want us walking around 
with right. impaired spiritual vision. Right. And Jesus doesn't want that. And right. he actually proved that in the scripture that you unpacked last night. Yeah, so I really just felt to focus on the story, which seems like a story when Jesus doesn't quite do the miracle right. Because <laughs> it's a story in Mark, where he, Mark 8, where Jesus comes and he finds that there's this blind man that wants his sight and and the the villagers call and say hey you know this guy needs to see and so Jesus does this miracle but he has to pray twice for yeah. the man to recover his sight and so I was just pulling out of the context of that scripture there were several steps that had to happen in order for his sight to be restored mm-hmm. Jesus knew how to heal a blind eye he could right. do it with a word he could do it with a touch but he didn't do that on this occasion and I think it's just something we can all learn from and, and what he first said to him was okay take my hand and so he took the blind man's hand and it says he took him away from the village And the interesting thing is that the village that he was living in was Bethsaida, Mm -hmm. which just a few scriptures earlier, it said, woe to you, Bethsaida, because you are an unbelieving people. And so he was surrounded with this blind man with unbelief and unbelief had defined his world the, the entire time because he couldn't see. So their version of events was his only way of knowing what actually visually was going on. And Jesus had to remove him from a village that was having a negative narrative in his life before he could even start. And I think that's the first step of his healing. Yeah. It's getting away from whatever that village is in our life, that negative narrative. And then Jesus asked him, what did he see? like an eye test and his answer seems so random, but Jesus is asking him because he wants him to be honest. Right. And I think so often we say what we think we should say, but you can't get the right prescription for the correction you need for your eyesight if you keep faking the test. Wow. And so he, he said, you know, I see guys and they kind of look like trees. And, and and so I think sometimes our fumbling, we're embarrassed to say, well, you know, I, I, I know God, I should see better than I do, but actually all I see is betrayal and all I see is the pain mm-hmm. and all I see is the offense. And, and God's okay with that because then he can start to heal us where we really need the healing. So after he said that, then it says that Jesus touched him again. Mm-hmm. And the second touch after that, it said he opened his eyes and he could see clearly. Wow. And I just think there's something about that second touch, that that admitting where it is that we maybe have the blurred vision and then letting God touch us again because we have two sets of eyes. Mm-hmm. We have our natural eyes and we have our spiritual eyes. Mm-hmm. And God wanted to deal with his spiritual eyes first because when they get opened, your yeah. natural eyes see everything differently. That's and right. I said to the leaders last night, you're going to go home to the same circumstance and it's going to look the same in the natural, but it's going to look entirely different in the spiritual. Mm -hmm. And then the final thing he said to him, he said, you know, okay, go home, but don't go via the village. Right. In other words, you got to go back, but you don't have to go back into the same conversations, back into the same negative narrative. And so last night, as I prayed for the leaders and they came forward for that first touch for them to get that first set of eyes healed and that second touch to see clearly. And the cool thing was I woke up this morning with so many comments and messages saying, I woke up this morning and something's different. different. I can see Mm -hmm. something that I couldn't see before. And so I think God has that for all of us. I love that. I love that. You know, it's so true. I mean, I think so many of us are settling for natural sight, Mm -hmm. seeing things in the natural. If there was ever a time and as a season that that we've had to, we need spiritual vision right. to really be able to navigate through the hurt and the offense of this last season, but also just navigating in a culture that um, that is so void of God's presence. We need spiritual vision as leaders, right. as moms, as friends. We don't need to depend on our natural sight for 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 the for our plan for our relationships. But God wants to give us a revelation, a right. vision for the relationships that that we're in and the and the people that we're. Gonna 
going to lead. And especially if you're in leadership, which everyone that's listening is leading somebody. Right. I love what you said, that that if you get in the vehicle, right, you get in the vehicle, you're driving the car, there are passengers in the car with you. And if your vision is impaired, if your spiritual vision is impaired, you're taking somebody with you. And if for anything else, if you can't do it for yourself... If you can't do it for yourself, you can't. Right. If you can't get healing for for yourself, get it for the people that are right. in the car with you that that you care right. for. Right. I mean, in the natural, you wouldn't get in the car with someone right. who had impaired vision, right? You'd be right. like, like you can't see. This is not good. Or you haven't been for your. You, or you don't have your spectacles with you, so you right. shouldn't be driving, right? In the natural, but in the spiritual, we don't even think to say those things to right. each other. But sometimes, and maybe somebody that right now is listening, I want to be a friend to you and say, hey, you need to just park up for a minute because your kids are in the back of that vehicle and they're hearing what you're saying about their dad or they're hearing what you're saying about that friend and they're picking up on the thing that's distorted in you and you're going to taint their vision about that other parent and about that person and you ought to fix that so that they're not tainted by what has hurt you and there's no denying it's hurt you and God knows it's hurt you but God needs to heal you so that the people that you are carrying in that vehicle don't be injured by the same thing that injured you. Wow, that's so good and so important. Mm -hmm. Let's just let that sink in Mm -hmm. just for a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just kind of staying on this trail of of sight and vision. I think one of the things that um, that in relationships that all of us need to address. What I, I said a couple weeks ago with Irene and Sarah, I said, you know, all of our relationships have one common denominator. And that's ourselves. <laughs> that's me. My relationships right. all have one common that's me. Right. And if I can get better then my relationships are at least going to get 50% Mm -hmm. better. But one of the things that I think that is so important, especially as leaders, is that we have a way to address our blind spots. And it takes a lot of courage to to really address our own blind spots Mm -hmm. because it it takes authenticity, it takes vulnerability. And and I just wondered for, for you, how have you learned to grow in the area of just of really uncovering your own blind spots and how would you encourage somebody else to address theirs? I think there's a couple of ways. I think number one, I think you have to you have to edit your own life. You know, I write a lot of books, right? And so when you write a lot of books, you start off with lots and lots of words, but you know that that's too many words to actually be what's useful for the book. And so you you need sometimes an editor, but the more that you work with an editor, the more you learn to edit yourself. You're like, actually, I could take that out, and actually, that probably is unnecessary. And actually, I don't need to say that. I think we have to edit ourselves. Like, there's a lot that you could say, but it's not necessarily what you should say, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you always are relying on someone else to edit you, it just shows a lack of immaturity. So Mm -hmm. when you're in that conversation and you want to say the 50 things that are going around your head (laughs) and you have the right to say the 50 things, it's at that point when you have the power to say, I have to edit me right now. Holy Spirit, help me edit me because if I don't edit me, I'm going to say something that I can't get back. Mm -hmm. So I think there is a responsibility to do the work yourself and not rely on other people to have to edit you all the time, but to actually say, you know what, and that's a mark of maturity, right. you know, it says, you know, in the Bible, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I acted like a child, but then one day I had to grow up and I had to yeah. act like a man. And so I think 
all of us have to have those moments, not just once in our life, but many, many times over. Growth is not something that happens once. Right. We have growth spurts every mm -hmm. now and again, but our growing is a consistent commitment because we're supposed to be looking more like Christ and right. none of us look like him yet, mm -hmm. right? right? And so we've all got further mm -hmm. to go. So growth is something that you'll never not be required to do. Right. So I think short accounts and being available to edit yourself. And then I think having good friends around you who help you, you know, wounds from a friend can be trusted and accountability in your life where someone can sit, because sometimes you need someone to say, hey, pull the car over to the side. Right. Let's just mm -hmm. time out. Let me take the wheel for a minute. Mm -hmm. And we need those kind of friends in our life. I remember one time when I'd gone skiing and I didn't tell anybody that I'd injured myself because kind of was embarrassed that I'd fallen. But the next day when I got up, I was pretty sore. And my friend's husband who was traveling with us said, are you okay? And I said, don't tell the kids, but I fell badly yesterday and I'm kind of sore. And he said to me, you know what? From now on, I'll carry your skis. Mm. And I think we need those kind of people in yeah. our world that don't need to know everything, mm -hmm. but they just, in those moments, come alongside, look, you probably shouldn't be on the slope today. You wow. probably shouldn't be in the pulpit today. Yep. You probably shouldn't be taking mm -hmm. the microphone today. You probably just need me to carry the skis today. Mm -hmm. And those people just get it. And I think we all need those people in our world to mm -hmm. help us. So us keeping short accounts with God and then having friends around us that we allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough with yes. that when they say it, we mm -hmm. know that that wound can be trusted. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I think sometimes that accountability gets a bad rap. Right. You know, it's like, I'm going to hold you accountable. Right. But really, when you invite someone in relationship to be a part right. of holding you accountable, it's really asking them, giving them permission right. to help you keep commitments that you've made. Right. So there's so many times I think about, you know, some of our students and young adults out there that there are times that you make commitments when right. you're at young adult service and right. student service, you're going to be all out for God. And you need to give somebody else permission to help right. hold you accountable for that commitment right. that you may help you to keep those commitments. Right. And, you know, the other thing I think about too, when you were talking about blind spots is that we need those kinds of friends that we also give permission mm -hmm. to, to ask the hard questions, right. right? And one of the questions that took me a while to get my courage up, I asked my son and I wasn't exactly thrilled with what I heard on the other side right. was that what's it like to be on the other side of me? Right. And I think that's one of the quickest ways to find right. out some things that you might be missing, right. you know, some blind spots. Right. And, and I remember he said to me, he said, you know, mom, you just feel like you're preoccupied. Mm -hmm. I feel like when we're together, we're not really together. Mm -hmm. And that was such a wake up call to right. me, but I'm so glad right. that I had the courage to ask the question, you know, and I, I haven't always had the courage, so I've gotten right. it wrong more than a, and right. I've gotten it right. But the few times that we open ourselves up and allow those people to be able to speak in, I think it's important. I think it causes that growth spurt that we might be looking for. Right. Okay, I'm going to turn a corner here because right. there are times when I listen to you preach and I'm going... I'm just amazed at some of the places that you get spiritual inspiration. <laughs> and, I mean, iCharts was one thing, but last night when you were sharing, you started talking about a famous landmark in Italy. Yes. And, and I was like, where is she going with this? So, But God spoke to you about this, right. and it was amazing. Why don't you share that a little right. bit? Yeah, I, I think what's happened with me is I've just become really comfortable to, to lean in and, and learn the nudges and the, and the promptings of God. I think it takes a while. It's like a rhythm, right? I think we've made hearing from God either something that we think is far beyond us yeah. or super, super difficult. Or we want to hear from God on certain things. So now we've narrowed the narrative because we're like, well, that's what I'm trying to listen for. And we have selective hearing. But I think if you live your life where you're just open, okay, mm -hmm. and that and that and that's scary, 
yeah. because that means sometimes what you would prefer to say because it's more perfected or it's more practiced you have to be able to lay down because it's not actually what's necessary and I just think whenever I'm speaking I think okay these are not my kids right mm-hmm. they're God's kids yeah so he knows better than me what they need to hear so I have to submit to his voice for these people mm. even though I've been in prayer about it maybe I have missed it or not heard so that leads you open to God saying all <laughs> kinds of stuff to you all kinds of things <laughs> so I was in the car going between two services and to two different places and literally felt the Holy Spirit say study the leaning tower of Pisa and I was like okay <laughs> and my husband was driving and I'm like okay. I'm going to study the leaning tower of Pisa he's like what for the message you're, we're, we're driving for you to go preach I was like I think so oh, yeah wow. literally like like we'll be there in 40 minutes babe like it, like and this is kind wow. of a big conference this yeah. is at Pastor Hodges Church are you sure <laughs> you want to kind of like throw this is like a leadership conference I was like well we'll just see and you know God had me research and so I went to Google like all good researchers yeah. do right <laughs> and found this fascinating fact that you know obviously it was never supposed to be the leaning tower of Pisa mm-hmm. right it was supposed to be the tower of Pisa and the reason why it ended up with a lean is because the builders were pulled off to go fight when they came back the foundation had settled and in the foundation was a flaw. And, you know, the message God gave me out of that was because nobody checked and nobody corrected it, the flaw became the feature. Yeah. And so for me, you know what I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to tell those leaders is don't let the flaw become the feature of your church or your ministry. Mm -hmm. Don't let the flawed thinking or the cancel culture or the negative that's right now present Mm -hmm. in people's minds and hearts, don't let that become what you build around or try and compensate for Mm -hmm. because I want a selfie by the Leaning Tower Pisa, but I don't want to live in it. Right. And we're going to end up building things that are inhabitable for people in the next generation. I want my kids living in that kind of church or right. in that kind of ministry. So I think, you know, God does speak to me through yeah. <laughs> from very unusual things, but I was like, hey, I'll take it. Yeah. And you know what? I, I thought that was so profound because don't let the flaw become the feature. Right. And there are so many times that the flaw of comparison or right. unforgiveness or um, or just self-promotion right. can become not just the feature in our own life, but the right. feature in our leadership. Right. And it doesn't, you know, just like you said before, I mean, it impacts everyone that's right. coming behind us, our right. kids, right. you know, the people that we're leading. And so right. um, I think that was just such a great word. Right. Well, this has been so good. I, I love that God brought you here. Mm-hmm. I love that God connected us yeah. in our relationship and we are just so cheering you on. And one of the things that I like to ask people that um, that are on the podcast, you know, we know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the ancient of days, but Isaiah 43 says he's always doing a new thing mm-hmm. and he always has a new word, a mm-hmm. now word that he wants to speak over our lives. So what's, what is God today? <laughs> what's God speaking to you? You know, one of the scriptures that I've really been thinking about a lot and not even really preached about um, is in Revelation 2, and it talks about, um, do you not hear the wind words that are blowing through the church? And I and I think for me, one of the now things that God is wanting to get our attention on is that I think we have all had a stomach full of opinion and professional messages and entertainment and, you know, great great presentation, but then leaving without feeling really an impartation. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because there's been a lot of copy and paste. There's been a lot of, I don't know, seeing what someone else is doing and thinking, I'll try and do that better, a better version of that. Mm -hmm. 
and my friend has a, a wind turbine um, on his farm and my kids went to see it and it, the thing is huge. I mean, it looks big from afar, but when you stand yeah. under one of those things, it goes up for forever. Mm-hmm. And I said, why so high? I mean, like I get you have to get it a certain height, but he said, you know, you have to get it above all these buildings and all this other stuff and all of these. And, it, and because that's where the renewable el- yeah. energy is. That's where the power is. And, you know, that scripture just came to mind that there are wind words that are way higher. And I think God's asking those who communicate or those of us that follow Him to come up higher, to catch the wind words and stop scrolling our Instagram for a word or Mm -hmm. scrolling through to see what we think we need to hear when God has more than enough for all of us. And I think we just got to get back to that Holy Spirit place. That's what I loved about last night. Like every time I speak right now, I'm like, okay, God, I am not an ornament. I am a vessel. Mm -hmm. Ornaments are for admiring. Vessels are for pouring. And if we can all understand that we're supposed to be a vessel, which means we have to get out of the way Mm -hmm. so God can do what He needs to do. You are not an ornament. You're not supposed to be perfecting how you look or perfecting how you sound. You're supposed to be a vessel. And that's an entirely different place that you live your life from, which Mm -hmm. means you're willing for God to give you things last minute. You're willing to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. There are wind words for your church, for your family, for your marriage, but you got to get above all the things that are distorting it. And for me, that's where I want to live right now. I love that. I, I think that is such a word mm. over the church. And again, the church is every one of us mm. that are followers of Jesus Christ. And it's such a word that we're, we're it's a call up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I believe that we're being called up mm-hmm. to rise above the circumstances, mm-hmm. rise above the noise of this culture and truly tune in to the voice of God. Mm-hmm. I, I say all the time, you know, why settle for sight? when God wants to give you vision. Why settle for the noise of this culture when the God of the universe Mm -hmm. wants to speak to you? Mm -hmm. So Charlotte, this has been amazing and I cannot wait for our girls to hear this. We just love you so much. Love you, friend. Love you. (laughs) We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, SoGoodSisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good.